Woo! Welcome, everybody, to the Broken Campfire Podcast. Before we get started, I got a question for the gamers around this fire with me. Uh, you guys feel much more powerful now that you're professional Twitch streamers, or is that just me? I actually, I feel... uh... I bought a mansion. Oh, I bought cool, a mansion. Cool, I did cool. feel a power coursing through my veins like nothing I had ever felt before uh, the other day. I looked. But I the thought mirror. that I, I didn't know. I, could, I didn't know if it was that or, or you know, it could have been like to just change in diet or something. Right, diet <laughs> or drugs. Right. I don't know. I imagine this is what it feels like to get the all the infinity stones, and you just yeah. have that crazy yeah. gauntlet. I looked in the mirror and had that. Um, Toby Maguire from Spider-Man 1 reaction. Oh, where nice. I was suddenly muscular and also my glasses were no longer required. Dude, that's pretty sweet. That is pretty sweet. Yeah, I know. My well, veins hey, were glowing with power, but it didn't fix my vision. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot, a lot of yeah. fun. Uh, if, you listen, if you watch the stream, thank you for watching and uh, tuning in. We had some people that were there pretty much the whole time. That was great. I mean, we had a decent nice. following throughout the whole thing. It was, all in all, a resounding, fantastic success for our first stream, in my view. Um, <clears throat> if you guys missed fun. it, go to our twitch.tv uh, slash broken campfire. I think you can see the, the recording of the stream on Twitch. Yeah, it's as a highlight. Um, it's all there. Sh- sure, cool. Yeah, it's a nine-hour stream, so feel free to hop through our schedule. Uh, we actually, you know, the biggest thing... I'm proud of internally is that we managed to stay on schedule for pretty much the whole thing, aside from <laughs> a um, a few early hiccups and a last minute Fall Guys insertion into the last half hour of the stream. I've, you know, otherwise that schedule's rock solid. Miraculously, those Fall Guys games were tragic. Second mm-hmm. place, both games, so close. I still remember <laughs> them. I still toss and turn at night thinking about them. I remember <laughs> nothing about them. Like, it was at the end of the night, and I just, I don't remember anything about them. I'm not going to lie. I can't stop remembering them. It Other than... Someone dragging me to hell. Wasn't, <laughs> was that the game where there was a very close Flask Fall Mountain, or am I thinking of something? Well, there no, was, was a class, I was, the, the, I was a very close Fall Mountain. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was you. That's right. That's you. And, and Flash, Flash was very was close. Jump Showdown. And I blew it right, right in the beginning. I should have had his back, but I didn't. <laughs> I went down <laughs> in the dud. I, uh... I really like doing that. I'd be more. I'd be interested in like doing more streams. I feel like uh, I could probably do a bunch of those. They seem very fun. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, we've um, you know, just a little behind the scenes. We've we've recorded some videos and we released them, and you know, we've always kind of felt like we have fun playing the games that we record for, but we're not really sure what we're doing with YouTube because we're not really trying to be a um, a let's play type of group. You know what I mean? We're not necessarily focused on video production, but I think that the stream just made me realize instead of, hey, maybe instead of us playing Life is Strange 2, maybe we just stream it, you know, and, and get whoever is there at the day, on that day who's interested in the game to check it out. I don't know. Right. We yeah. might have that so, as part of the, the pipeline going forward. Yeah. Can I? Uh, uh, most importantly, uh, one sec, Greg, before I forget. Uh, yep. Most no importantly, um, please, if you have any ideas along this line, if you have any suggestions, the type of content you like to see, uh, type of content you'd like us to see, 
I usually put this at the bottom, but I just want to put it at the top. Email us at brokencampfire@gmail.com, um, and we'll check that email, and we'll definitely we will respond. We'll get back to you, and we'll take whatever criticism suggestions you guys have under um, under serious consideration. Back to Greg. Greg, what was that? Sorry, I'm just gonna say, uh, I said it on the uh, stream, this or the stream that uh, I bought the game. But uh, watching Beedo play Hitman, I was watching him and I started getting really, like, I started questioning <laughs> how he played that game. And it, like, frustrated me to a point where I just bought the game. I was like, I can do this probably better than Beedo, I think. <laughs> I just, I gotta say. Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> look, I love Vito. I love Vito, but uh, I was just watching him. I was like, what the hell are you doing? You fucking psycho. I don't want to say, I don't want to say he's playing Hitman wrong. Because there's no wrong way to play it. And most important thing is to have fun. That being said, Absolutely. he's not I will say he is not playing Hitman well. <laughs> Let me ask you guys one simple question. Alright. Did he or did he not take out Santa Claus? <laughs> I He did it. I did watch him Claus. shoot Santa Claus and then I watched Santa Claus survive all that gunfire and then he had to snap his neck. So yes, that yes. that was pretty nuts. Vito went full commando on him, and still the fat man. That was crazy. If fat man didn't go down, that was surprising. It's all that blubber. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that that's all on the uh, header. It's all from the stream. Thanks everybody once again for checking it out. We, as you probably have already noticed from the podcast, we are missing a Vito this week, unfortunately. But that's all right. He's uh, moving on up in life. He's uh, moving out of his closet into a somewhat bigger closet. So, good for him. It's all that uh, Hitman uh, contract money coming in. <laughs> Give him. He's <laughs> <laughs> able to buy like a, a small apartment with that. Yeah. Could Probably could have bought a house if he, you know. Five-starred it. If, if he succeeded yeah. better. We still got the, the Santa got him so. a small apartment. And speaking of regulars, I think we're going to open up the round table with the... Heh, I usually save this guy for last. It's a flask. Oh. I thought you were going to say yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I was like... Mm. <laughs> flask, I may play games, but I am not going to violate the flow. All right? Oh, okay. <laughs> games, well, is sure. all, games is all it is. <laughs> um, What have you been doing recently, Flask? What's been making you happy? Uh, You know what? First... I will recommend something. Um, I watched a full-length documentary movie on YouTube. Um, it's fr you know free on YouTube called uh, Alpha Go. I've seen this. You have seen that? Yes, Alpha Go, as in the. Um, oh, it's not Google, is it? It's uh, the other no. company. Oh wait, no, 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 sorry. Google Mind, yeah, or Deep Mind. Oh, it is Google. It, Deep it, Mind. it is Deep Mind from Google. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. Okay, you have you have seen uh, that movie. I have seen that, and I also watched that game or the oh the five nice. the okay. five match championship with what's his name Go Go Lee or something like that or Lee. Oh, grand! It was a grandmaster. Yes, I watched that game. Yeah. I okay. Don't know cool. Think about Go, but I but I had to watch that <laughs> once I heard what was happening. 
Um, all I knew about Go, the board game that is, is uh, from <laughs> the manga Hikaru no Go back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's a documentary, for those who don't know, it's a documentary about, uh, well, the subject matter is the ancient board game of Go. Um, but it's specifically about the development of a true Go playing AI. Um, it's really surprisingly compelling. Uh, <laughs> I saw it recommend, or I, I got it, I had it recommended to me, and I didn't really know what to think, but it was so highly recommended that I watched it. And yeah, I would highly recommend it in turn. It's one of those gems that has no right to be as entertaining as it is, you know? Um, but when you're deep into it, you're like invested. <laughs> so I do, I recommend it. Uh, even if you have no idea what Go is, even if you have no, no interest in, you know, chess playing AI or whatever, it's still very interesting. I'm, I'm glad you say that because that's the type of thing that I, I watched it whenever it came out and I probably would not have recommended to people just because I have sort of circled off in my brain that most people aren't as like just nerdy about ai stuff as i am mm -hmm. so i assume that you know you're probably just not gonna like it unless i know you're an ai guy um so i'm glad that you like it and that you would i think the movie it to, itself to is well done enough to be recommended oh, for, to i agree i completely agree yeah so yeah uh, about a month ago i i watched it it's a good youtube um documentary on Deep Blue, which is not the same thing, but similar. That's the the chess playing robot, right? Or AI, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. It is. Um. Uh, it's bird. Uh, the one I watched. From it's the like same two hours mind. long. It was. It was pretty interesting. It's pretty good. Okay. I don't care about that shit, so I'm never gonna watch that. Uh, I'm just saying, my my <laughs> my AI robot could beat up your AI robot. That's all I'm saying. No. Mm, Deep Blue versus what's yours called? The AlphaGo. <laughs> AlphaGo. <laughs> it's literally an alpha, dude. It'll beat up your. Yeah, it'll you know that reminds me of, of uh, Alpha Alpha. Um, Alf? the other guy. Uh, not Alf. Alf's cool. Alpha Alpha from the Power Rangers. Oh, that's his name, right? I've well, never no, it's just Power Alpha. Rangers, sorry. It's just Alpha. Even yeah. worse than. I thought you meant from like the. Uh... The little rascals or whatever. No, that's that's that actually who I guess I was talking about. But I, <laughs> in my head, I mean, I do know Alpha Alpha, but in my head, I was picturing the robot from Power Rangers. I see. Yeah, Alpha. Either way, it's not looking good for Alpha some, Go. Some number. Uh, well, uh, uh, it looks too good for I, Alpha Go. Deep I was going to say Al <laughs> on a, on the real Alpha Go blows Deep Mine out of or Deep Blue out of the water, I believe. Um, All right, well, I can't actually comment on that because I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. But the key difference is that AlphaGo is, uh, and, you know, just to preface to our listeners, I am not an expert, but I do know some things. AlphaGo is um, is an actual learning, a self-learned neural net, whereas Deep Blue uh, uses hard-coded functions. Yes. So AlphaGo is um, more flexible. And oh. go and go in general. Go, I believe, is also um, a more complex game. It absolutely is, yeah. So yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, um, I remember watching the um, 
match the, the of AlphaGo between uh, Lee Sedol, the Grandmaster at the game, mm-hmm. and um, I remember. Obviously, I didn't pick this up in the time because I'm not that smart. But a lot of the commentary, some of the most amazing things out of it were not just the fact that this AI, which has no nowhere in its code, is you know the hard coded function of how to play Go, but this AI not only is able to beat the Grandmaster, but has but invents novel strategies along the way to do so. It's not just yes. copying off the strategies of other Grandmasters. It's 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 actually making Invent, it's actually innovating the game as it goes. One, one, the the classic example was um, there was, and I, I don't know Go very well, so I can't explain the mechanics behind this. I, I just know the big picture abstract view is that there was a match where AlphaGo was losing on points, total points throughout most of the game to the point where uh, people just kind of speculated it was bugged that it, you know, was making wrong decisions, you know. And then towards the end of the game, it just zips past and wins. And when you um, evaluate the game holistically af- after the fact, you can see that AlphaGo was just making very calculated risks um, and was seeding territory in the right way so that it could make a big gain at the very end. And that type of play, it's not probably foreign to us as people who don't play Go, but like to Go, like the game Go, that's apparently just like, very antithetical to like how most people think of go goes all about mm-hmm. scoring as many points as fast as possible. So that was very neat. And that's the kind of thing that, uh, I find truly fascinating about this is the, uh, the innovation, you know? Yes. All right. Let me counter your point. What if they taped a gun under deep blue? It's a good point. I, c- I can't argue that deep blue could win any game. With a gun. I'm just saying, how you gonna, yeah, how you gonna find your way out of that one? Uh, and uh, so since that document or since that match with uh, Lee Sedol, uh, what was this four or five years ago? At least mm-hmm. there have been some even more impressive, I think, endeavors into uh, making AI. Uh, there was the um, Dota team that played in the internationals, the AI team, and I, I believe a loss, but still impressive especially for a game like dota where it's no longer you know it's no longer a 1v1 it's the ai trying to simulate five players playing against five other grandmasters it's it's fascinating oh i didn't know about that yeah uh i'll I'll look it up i don't have the details I, i it might actually be the same people it might be a derivative of AlphaGo. it's hmm. it's called open ai5 okay Open AI five. Yeah. But yeah, so but yeah, no, uh, I, <laughs> Oh and uh, by the way, just to wrap wrap it all the way around, Open AI five, the people who made the Dota thing, uh, are the same people behind GPT three, which was featured on this podcast when we played AI Dungeon. Aha. Uh-huh. Goes all the way around. It's all AI conspiracy. Yeah, AI is neat as fuck, man. That's that's all I'm gonna say about them. I think it's truly, uh, I think it's truly future tech stuff that we're seeing, and not to overhype it because I think there's a considerable degree of overhype put into it. But some of the most fascinating uh, work going on right now in general, I think. 
So yeah, even if you're not a an AI dinkus donger like Andy over here, you can still enjoy this documentary as a piece of entertainment. I just want to say for all those people out there. Anyway, you okay with me moving on, dinkus donger? I will. I've said my piece. <laughs> all right. Now that I've recommended, actually, something. let me pull up this paper. Jesus Christ! No, go ahead. I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, now that I've recommended something, um, I have a real ass rant about Deep Space Nine. <laughs> what? Hmm. Uh, so you like quark too much? That's Brian understand. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Well, first of all, I mean, I know both Andy and John know Deep Space Nine, but Greg, do you care about Deep Space Nine spoilers? No, you I should know. Okay. I don't. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I didn't think so. I just had to check. Um, Greg has to hold back from laughing before he answers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just you know, like some some slightly spoiler stuff here. Um, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine spoilers until thirty two fifteen. Section thirty one is a, by the way. I'm I'm like almost into the series. I have a few episodes left. Um, Section 31 is uh, an absolutely disgusting addition to Star Trek. Uh, And it's a betrayal of its values, and I hate it. I don't really care either one way. I mean, I didn't feel that badly, but I didn't really like them. So, for those who don't know, um, it's revealed that a clandestine organization called Section 31, which has been around since the inception of the Federation has been responsible for safeguarding the uh, the apparent utopian veneer that is Starfleet and the Federation uh, through shady and unlawful and immoral means. They are apparently known to practically no one. Uh, they report to no one. They are accountable to no one. And they act with impunity because... That's how they were arranged to operate uh, without any checks in place. There are some top-level Starfleet people who know about them, seemingly, but keep them uh, under the rug, keep them hidden. Um, So they basically act as Starfleet's very own secret police, except they don't operate by any laws, any laws, and they are genuinely a secret from everybody. Um, Want to hear my theory? Sure. I just came up with this as you were talking. All right. Star Trek Deep Space Nine comes out in 1993. All right. Another show comes out in 1993. A hit show. Aliens as well. X Files. 1993. Obviously, Council in season one, right? Took a few years. Seems like they're just trying to do that whole plot. I don't know what season. Oh, pretty much all the seasons. Some shady, you know, obviously not copying it directly, but that's what it reminded me of as you were describing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's my conspiracy. They're trying to get in on the shadowy government uh, that X Files had. It, it didn't work. Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. How do you feel about that episode that I watched? Well, so basically, this revelation retroactively establishes that the very thesis of earth and humanity in star trek uh like that that noble creed that in 
enlightened humanity lives by is an ignorant lie uh because oh, a it. secret cabal has been doing the the uh the dirty work the whole time the picards oh, in their holy starships <laughs> uh in their ivory starships can preach a better way to aliens because some spooks in black leather are uh garroting dissidents in the back room the whole time well i didn't take it as completely that i think it was more saying like it it's not possible to have a federation Picard's way and that you'll always have to have people doing the dirty work. Not that I'm necessarily well, agreeing with them. I don't think it's a crazy idea, though. Don't misunderstand. I, I am not arguing that Section 31 is not realistic. It is. There, you know, there's plenty of examples you, 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 of you're organizations just it doesn't like it in current human history. You're just saying it's atonal with yes. Star Trek. I, I'm I arguing that saying. its introduction in the fiction of Star Trek is like abhorrent to the nature of Star Trek and damaging to it. Uh both going forward and retroactively, most importantly. It kind of ruins everything <laughs> about Roddenberry's vision. Um if it's introduced into well, canon, which it is. I disagree. I don't know. Cause there's, there's always been like people that have been assholes and like like I said, let's well hold on. I'll let I'll let Andy do his thing because I think it's gonna tie into that episode that I really like I was gonna talk to you about. Well, I was going to say a couple things. First off, I can see what you mean, but it really honestly did not bother me that much. Mostly, I think, because I just, I mean, I bought into the realistic idea that it just makes sense that, <clears throat> I'm not saying that an organization like that has to exist, but if you look at the utopia of the Federation, and then you say, well, isn't somebody doing the dirty work? Then, okay, yeah, I can see where that idea comes from, like what John was saying. Um I guess I can see, like, academically that it's atonal. I was more bothered just by the the deus ex machina of how all that has played out. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything because I don't know exactly where you're at in that plot line, but I don't think it's a I don't think it's a very uh, clever plot device, and it's kind mm -hmm. of just you know a big uh, it's a deus ex machina, as I said. Um, that being said, I think that you can safely ignore it if you want because i think and i could be wrong from a little bit of wiki diving i think section 31 only exists in like season seven of deep space nine i don't think it's well, even really ever mentioned i don't believe that's true show. well no no okay no, didn't they well i don't think any can know this didn't they bring it back sort of in like discovery or picard yeah. or something <laughs> yeah oh, but we don't okay. watch those so i mean yeah those are shit anyway i don't, I don't count that <laughs> It's also in Lower Decks, I think, even. <laughs> I love Lower Decks has a tune, right? Lower I, I, the Wiki, <laughs> I, I was reading the Wikipedia earlier when you were talking. Lower Decks has a passing reference to it. Yeah. That's about it. All right, well, Flash, it, what did you think? Voyager? I don't know. No. Or I, think definitely uh, not. I don't know. What did you think about my favorite episode? Because it also goes against like the, the Star Trek norm. In the Pale Moonlight? Yeah. Uh, I liked it for what it was as an episode uh it was kind of disappointing in in that like it's 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 similar to this just not as like not as deep yeah, in true. my brain in that i i respect the storytelling and the realism of it and uh the way it's handled with the character and everything i just there's always going to be something in the back of my head like 
this is an upsetting of what Star Trek is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Star Trek was well, something a very idealistic, naively so idealistic, but that's what it was, and it is no longer that. It hasn't been since the late nineties. I, I yeah, I can I can agree to that. I, I think that's what my my favorite part about that episode is because like I think when I was telling about like, talking I was just about Andy, say that, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like a next generation episode. And like right at the end, Picard would come in and like smack Cisco in the face and be like, "No, we can't do it that way. Stop, <laughs> Garrick." But like it doesn't happen. It's like, "Oh shit, this right. is how it be in in different space." You, I mean, you, you could definitely, episode. yeah. You can almost imagine Picard giving this speech about how you know who, why individual has the right to start a war. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, I respect it, but. Part of me doesn't like it for sure. I get you. I mean, um, also, I, I'll say I understand your point, but I, I don't. I did not feel that at all. I love that episode. And in fact, I felt, I felt it was a an example of a very tasteful way to violate the the essence of Trek. And I think mm-hmm. part of why, especially why uh, Deep Space Nine, when it, when Deep Space Nine started doing that stuff, it didn't bother me as much because I felt like Deep Space Nine spent many seasons kind of preparing you for a gradual shift towards like realism and darkness. You know what I mean? Sure. So, and, it, and, and I feel like it's still even, even in this final season, it's still ultimately extremely optimistic. It's just, you know, a little muddier than uh, TOS maybe, or TNG, especially. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Dr. Bashir? Uh, He's fine. He's had his I, whole I never... line, right? He's had his whole like uh yeah, whole thing, I mean, right? I never had a problem with him like some people did. <laughs> I always kind of liked him. I thought he was fine. I just thought his like uh I don't know, half season what two episode, you know, where he's like a genetically engineered space human. Mhm. I just thought that was so goddamn boring, so stupid. I think he becomes you, a worse you, you character can't, you... after he no longer yeah, has a like... secret. For sure. You just act like an asshole like everyone else. You're not, yeah. like, smarter. Right. I just want to say, know? go back and watch any season before that's introduced and tell me, just try to convince me that that was at all something on their radar Yeah, before. right. Like, I don't think it was. Where did he ever demonstrate no, it's any... Uh, it's, no, it's dude, silly. I, I'm not even kidding. Like, I've gone back and rewatched episodes, like, uh, the first season, for example. And the first season maybe not a fair comparison. But you remember that episode where... Um, Cisco and the gang get trapped into a board game that Quark's playing. Oh, I, I don't know I don't if I do remember, remember that, that one. one. That sounds badass, though, dude. If I know, I want to watch it. Back. <laughs> it's a fun. It's a fun episode. It's in season one, I think. Um, but uh, Bashir is one of the guys who gets trapped in the game, and he is so goddamn stupid in that episode. Like, <laughs> just it was like it was clearly like in season one they were maybe trying to play him as like a stupid funny man, and it just was not playing. But I can't let it, anybody know that I'm a genius. <laughs> and then, and then even after that, every time they, they they never show him being a genius. They always just, you know, he'll come in and he'll be like, "Oh, I just wrote six papers today. Whoa, boy, what a day!" He just tells you that he's a smart, but you you never see him solve any problem that you would, you would think, "Oh man, you really need to be a genetically engineered super genius to figure that one out." He throws darts good. He does throw darts well. You said you're on season seven. Yeah, I have a few episodes uh, left. 
Oh, you okay? So you did. You saw the baseball episode then? Yes. Yeah, pretty good, right? Episode, that was a banger. Yes. Every episode, every show needs a baseball episode. <laughs> I just fucking love. I don't how, even like how baseball. An, how much of an asshole Cisco is that episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kicks Rom out of the match. <laughs> I'm playing to win, bud. <laughs> uh, I don't want to spend uh, the whole podcast on Deep Space Nine, but Flask, uh, what's your opinion on uh, everyone's new favorite character, Ezra Dax? Uh, Ezri is fine. It's just that they are writing a season one character during season seven. That, and also I feel like I was, I was, I felt like I was slapped in the face when Jadzia died. And the next episode, we get a new Dex who looks super similar. Like <laughs> it, could, it could be the same actress with a different haircut, similar. Um, she but her cute. personality... Her personality is like the designed to be the opposite, and it's just right. like, you don't even, it doesn't even feel. I didn't. I yeah, didn't she really plays. Cube. She plays the the college girl in the original Cube, who is oh, like God. can do the math. God. Yeah. You're, oh my God! Blow my brain out. Right it's Esri. I love. Also, Cube. was never a fan I did of not the love Esri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, I was not a fan of her at all, and I was not a fan of the Worf and Dax relationship towards the end there either. Nah, nah, that can go away. I did like Worf though, but yeah, not not that. Not that <laughs> oh yeah, Worf Worf turns up in Deep Space Nine, absolutely. Um, so just to finish my thought on Section Thirty One, uh, if 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 any, I I just want to say if anything that I've seen so far from the franchise would have had Roddenberry rolling in his grave, I think Section Thirty One would be it. Um. And I feel like it's been an extremely harmful addition to the franchise because every series since DS9 has used Section 31 and subsequent series have only uh, strayed further from sort of the dream of Star Trek. And it saddens well, me. Well, Voyager doesn't, but I, I I can see what you mean. I thought I read like, it yeah, does, yeah. but maybe not. Uh, I mean, does Enterprise? Well, Enterprise? Oh, maybe Enterprise does. Enterprise got that sick ass intro. Inter- Enterprise might, it. but Flash, you might be thinking of, and I don't, I'm not not to spoil anything about Voyager. There is a secret research thing going on in Voyager that's uh, happening at Starfleet, but it is totally benign and unrelated to Section Thirty One. It has a okay. different name entirely. So that that might be what you're thinking, and I could be wrong. I mean, maybe they are in an episode or two, but I just I don't remember at all. Their their presence to me was only felt in Deep Space Nine because they're they were integral to the main plot of that season. Okay, you know, I but don't yeah, any, think they're integral to anything in Voyager. Anytime, you know, my dad is an OG Star Trek fan, but even he is like, "How can they not need money? That that's never made any sense to me." And I always have to say, and it applies to this too. It's like humans are better than that in the future. They have risen above all of that. That's just the way it is. <laughs> In this fiction, that's the baseline premise. You just have to deal with that. It's science fiction. Right. Uh, and so, like, making it more realistic it just is kind of, like, sad to me. But anyway, that's all. You know, um, well, I think I think we you could make a, an argument that, you know, Cisco spent many years away from that paradise, right? Maybe that's part of it. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe that's part of it. Oh, he was. You get afraid yeah. because because you're around Bajor, you know, you're not part of the Federation, so maybe shouldn't feel like the Federation. And I'm not. I'm not trying to defend you. I'm just. I'm just taking stabs at thoughts here. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyway, I spent too much time on that, but um, I did play. A uh, I, I always enjoy game. hearing people talk about Star Trek these days. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. Um. I did play a video game. Uh, nothing I've nothing expected by me or anyone. Um, I recently decided to play slash replay uh, the Jack and Daxter trilogy for the PS2. Oh, um, neat. Okay. The first one. Where you at? One of my the first one's one of my favorite games. I should say, uh, and I and I think I only played the second one once as a kid. And maybe never the third one, actually. Um, so I'm just going to run funny. through I them. I think I've only played like the it. second and third one. <laughs> oh, man, you're missing out. Or you were missing out. I have played all of them. Um, I have now played through the first one again. Um, that's the precursor so legacy. Up. What a good game. What a good game. It's cool. legitimately one of the best 3D platformers of all time. You would um, still say that, like, like you would go back and recommend it to people. Absolutely, it's it's cool. so well designed and it's polished, and uh, it's still just an absolutely fun to play. It's it's a joy to play. Um, and he, even though I know what's to come with the sequels, actually playing the first one again just uh, deepens my disappointment with the direction they went in for that series. Because in my opinion, in my opinion, chasing the Grand Theft Auto and Ratchet and Clank audiences was a bizarre and shameful mistake. Uh, Not because they did poorly financially or critically, but because uh, I want to live in the timeline where we got proper sequels to the first game. Uh, mm-hmm. because the feeling of the first game is, to me is so wholesome and satisfying. So I guess I'll just have to, I mean, I just finished the first game. I guess I'll have to see if my memories and biases hold up, you know, all these years. Later. I definitely remember uh, wholesome and positive, or I can't remember the exact word, wholesome and positive or whatever. Yeah, That's and not satisfying. How I re- how, well, satisfying, I would say, is a, Maybe a fair descriptor of my memory of those games, but wholesome is definitely not. Definitely I'm not playing second or third. <laughs> definitely not the second or third. Yeah. One. You could cut yourself on the edge of Jack Two and Three. Yeah, absolutely. They were they were trying to do something, and I don't know why they decided to try and do that. Because I like even if even if you like Jack Two and Three in their own right, which is entirely you know uh, reasonable, retarded. No, <laughs> entirely reasonable. Uh, they were definitely a huge departure from the first one, tonally and gameplay wise, and everything. Uh, so it's just for for a person like me who loved the first game and moved on to the second was like, what the fuck is this? It's just it has always been a, a huge disappointment to me. Um, I can play the first game over and over. It's so good. <sighs> Naughty dog. Now, what have they been up to recently? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Where did they All end right. up? 
Cool. You got anything else, Flask? No, that'll do it for me. I've, I've been on. We've been on my topics for a while. All right, cool. So let's go. Cool. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see what uh, what you think going forward. I, you know, I I remember Jack two and three being fun as hell, mm-hmm. even though it might not have that same uh, tone. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Gregory. Hey everyone, I'm sorry, but the, we've run out of time actually, so we're gonna have to do this next week. Oh, good. Oh, okay. What do you got, Greg? Ah, uh, I guess I can start with the boring shit. Uh, World of Warcraft had a oh, new yes, expansion. Oh yes, the boring shit. Out. That's exactly what I want in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, they, hey, people get everything, all right? They they don't get yeah, the fucking. Like uh, that's true. That's, that's what we offer. You know. Do you think we, I literally we, didn't we, just sleep for the last twenty minutes for you guys talking about uh, Star Trek? <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I'm sorry about that, Greg. That, you you have nothing to hang your hat on in that discussion. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I was, um, <laughs> literally, my brain—that's just a white noise. I was like, "All right," till I heard we my. Should have just told you to show up at eight <laughs> thirty. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but uh, World of Warcraft new expansion came out. It's uh, okay. I have nothing else to say about that because it's very underwhelming for me. Oh, um, yeah, sad. Uh, I don't remember the last time I was on this, so I don't remember what has come out before then. Uh, well, so you were on this two weeks ago, which means, uh... Was I, uh... Wasn't I You were on this last week. Or, sorry, okay. La- last week, we didn't have a pod, really. We had we had an advertisement. Two weeks ago, you were off. Three weeks ago, you were on. So you were on... So you were off the last regular pod, and I believe you were on the one before that. Gotcha. So that would be, like, the first week of November... All right. So we haven't talked about uh, Little Hope or Valhalla or anything like that. All right. Well, I just started Valhalla the stream day, so that's mm-hmm. fine. Okay. Um, I guess I started. I played Call of Duty Cold War. I don't know if I talked about that multiplayer with Kurt. That's fun. Zombie mode's fun. Um, I played Left 4 Dead 2 again after like eight years or however long oh, yeah. it's been. You play that new update? Uh, we have not. We're just playing through the campaign. Oh, okay. But cool. it is, uh, it just it just comes back to you. It's like riding a bike. You think it still like, holds up after Vermintide uh, and Deep Rock and all those games sort of like it? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like it's just going back to going back to your roots. All those zombies, just run running ahead, really really comes back to you. It's nutty. Right, trying trying to sprint to the end. Right, dude. I did that my first game, and I made it there like. Before everyone left the uh, apartment building, I was like, "Damn, that was impressive." Because um, you were on a bike, idiot. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Apex Legends, been playing that. That's fun. Um, Gears Five, we've played a little bit. That's been very. That's been pretty enjoyable. I feel like there's like this weird thing going on where there's like bots that are playing the game. They just. They're empty this, servers. This did come up on the last, on last episode, did I it? think. But I think so. <laughs> you briefly talked about it. Uh, well, it, it, it was, yeah, it was just, we were, like, unnaturally good. Or I should say I was unnaturally good, because I'm usually not good at cold, or gears. Jesus. So, uh, but it was fun. Um, would you want to talk about Little Hope now? I'm or down, do man. Wanna... I want to... I... 
I want to I want to get it out there for sure. I have little right. hope for this discussion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, so I bought the I bought that game, uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope. We played that. It took Second. us like what a few days to beat. We would just uh, what what maybe four or five different game sessions total. Of varying lengths. Yeah, that sounds that sounds uh, fair or safe to say. But uh, played that. I I think it, it what it got like a review of on five on IGN, right? Those were reviewed very poorly. Yeah, yeah. I I don't see that. I see it was a uh, pretty. I'd say a solid eight out of ten for me at least. I don't know about you nice. guys. I think eight is maybe a little generous, but I don't think it was bad at all. I think it was just fine, you know. I mean, if I wanted to really nitpick much, it, I could get into it. But how much uh, did it cost? Thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. Okay, so I, no, I don't think it was like a five. I wouldn't say eight. I would say somewhere in the middle. I'd give it like a a seven, maybe. Yeah, I'm about I there think too. It, it, and I think your your experience will really differ on how you're playing it. Like you said, you know, we played through Parsec, which isn't what you're normally supposed to do. Uh, we had a little problem with the controllers. We had to start and stop. I think that, you know, maybe, you know, uh, you had uh, five people in a room and you're tossing the controller. Might be an even better experience. Uh, and I, You know, and, and I heard that the, the two, you were telling me the two-player mode, where you guys don't see each other's screens and you're, like, playing two different stories at once. Yep. You know, that's another interesting thing we didn't even see. That also, uh, I mean, sounds pretty sweet. So I I feel like I don't I don't know how they played the game you know or maybe they did all three and maybe they just didn't like it I feel like the game was scored low I I'd give it around a seven I'd give it a seven and the reason I would give it a seven and not higher um you know if you want to get down to the nuts and bolts of it I think that the writing the overall story is not that great I mean the dialogue's okay but I don't really like where the story goes I don't think we it's still ever haven't gotten that apology. Super you know, we'll get around to that. I don't think oh, it's part uh, of the ever. Story. Oh, and they introduced the brother the until ten hours into the game. <laughs> yeah, right. the twin. <laughs> yeah, the twin it, brother, of course. I, and I think the biggest crime the game commits, as far as just for the type of game it is, it's a story telltale type game. But you don't, you don't ever make any choices, really. I mean, you make like two or three throughout the whole game, maybe, and even then, I don't know how much they really matter. And it seems like most of the time, the the actual stuff you're doing is just arguing with the other <laughs> characters, and then you're kind of just wandering around, walking, and interacting on the things it tells you to interact with until you get into a segment where a monsters chasing you, and then you do QTE, QTEs. You know what I mean? I I don't think it was a very yeah. interesting game. But Everything you're saying that being said, just like that being said, game. oh, is it okay? Yeah. Well. That being said, I don't as a game, as a story type game, I don't think it's that interesting. But I still had a blast playing with my boys. I mean, it was a it was a good time, a good, great multiplayer game. I would absolutely compare it more to if anyone if anyone has Netflix out there, and you did that um, Black Mirror like interactive Bandersnatch. Uh, movie. Bandersnatch, yeah. yeah. It was basically that, but a little bit it's more only involved. Because that guy's in cute. it. Well, holy shit, that guy was literally in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, but it's literally that a slightly more involved QTE. Because he's right. I, I really, and I don't know this for sure, but I don't think that if we let every one of our characters die, I don't think the ending would have been any different. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we changed anything besides, like, oh, you lived. Oh, you got an achievement for that. I, like, I agree. Yeah. And, and I still had fun. It was just, like, watching, like, a, a, I guess, a fucking $30 movie that I could play with my friends. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'd never play the game again. Uh, and, yeah, for that, I don't want to score it higher. But I still enjoyed what I did do with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you even play was... in two-player mode? I actually, well, actually, you know, I said I'd never play it again. But I do actually plan on... Uh, uh, in real life, you know, if you ever get out of this uh, hell world we live in, uh, my brother and a few close friends, if they ever come over, I'm going to get it on the PlayStation, and we'll do, like, I'll try to pass the controller mode. Okay, yeah. One, one thing that adds to the replayability of the game is that there are, there's a theatrical cut, which is your first playthrough, and then the second playthrough is, like, Kira's cut, and I think it kind of, the events play out in a similar way, but it mixes and matches the perspectives a little bit, and, um, you know, it's a different cut of the same game. So right. uh, I think if if you are really into the game, you can probably get some mileage out of doing that too. In general, I think th- the game is just very neat, like what it's trying to do. I like that a lot. I just wish it would be also better made. <laughs> I wish the game was better. But I, can't, I can't think of a better way to say that. But <laughs> it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything you're saying sounds just like how the first game was. <laughs> like, they didn't, okay. I didn't they play just, the first one. Yeah, they just, they just made the second game like the first game. You know, it was enough of a success, I guess. Yeah, and if, uh, it seems like they already announced the third one. They put a, th- a teaser for the third one in the second one. Mm-hmm. Which is one the reason of, like, the why that, the you apology grabbed, tour hasn't started. Very weird. Uh, that uh, definitely was weird. I give it a thumbs up. I liked it. Had fun playing. I'll give it one thumbs up. I'll Seven give it, out of uh, ten Will on. Polters. I'll give it one thumbs up if you're playing with friends. I'll give it one thumbs up, one thumb sideways. That's fair. Two of Will, Will Polters' thumbs. Alright, uh, that, that's a little hope. Greg, what else you got? I think we're still on you. Yup. Uh, next up, I got EDF. I, uh, the games were on sale. And I've uh, been pushing my two good friends to play the game with me. And they would say, they just said, they wouldn't buy, play it unless I bought it for them. So I bought it for them. And we've been playing it. And I've been in, I've been having a blast. I don't know how uh, my good buddy John feels about it. I hope he enjoys it. Uh, how do you feel about Earth? I'll tell you this, all right? Before I got my motorcycle, I'd say I gave it like a six out of ten. It was like a fun. It was like, it's it's cool because you know you it's very laid back. You know you have like infinite ammo. Like you're gonna die in one hit. You know it's a very arcade like game, and I mean that all in the best sense. Like you know you just I don't have to worry about all these crazy mechanics. I'm just getting in there and I'm fucking shooting giant bugs. But also monsters. You're shooting giant bugs. Yeah, monsters. monsters. Uh, so it can get repetitive. You know even though you are getting new guns, but and I got this cool motorcycle and. You know, it's just the game has this weird. It's not even weird. It's actually just like a really fun like physics system with this fucking bike. And half the time, I'm just trying to do like flips and stuff while shooting. It's got guns in the front. But half the time, I'm just trying to do flips and like tricks and shit with his bike, and it has brought my enjoyment of the game up. Uh, two points. Why even Excellent. try to save the Earth if you can't do it with sick bike tricks in the middle? That's what I'm saying. Do it. I think I- we have a a solid team. I play as uh, like a narrator, so I just call them air support. I have like a uh, 
I just I just got a mech last our last time we played. John's our our ranger. The he spider neck. The, the spider combat. mech was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I don't even remember what the hell it was called. Uh, yeah, Nox, we officially like recognize our, our fencer. Uh, he fencers like a robot or something. Who cares? I'm the ranger, and I just, uh, <laughs> officially recognized. I have the highest combat potential. I just want that to be on record. Now, I also want it to be on record that it was twice that John passed me and he looked really cool. And as I was saying, John, that looked really cool. As I turned around to look at him, he was eating shit, like <laughs> crashing into a fence and fucking <laughs> flying off his yes. bike. It's so easy to wipe out and you just ragged out like crazy. <laughs> I'll say as a guy who's never played those games, but I had th- all three of your streams open while you were playing the other day. The best stream to watch was definitely a motorcycle, dude. I'm sure. You never know what's going to happen, dude. It was literally... Dude, my game was literally just... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. I was just saying, with the bike, the physics are crazy. You'll hit a ramp, and then you'll just start doing, like, a corkscrew. You're also shooting your machine guns. You're just, like, fucking whipping out bugs in, like, a giant circle. Greg had his own... He had his own motorcycle of sorts. I I recognize his his beast. Dude, I have a lot of beasts. I think Greg's stream getting, was, like, was definitely a close number two for the for the spider drone. Yeah, mine the was just spider. yeah, the laser spider was cool, but uh, mine was mainly just sitting back and just air striking the fucking shit out of these bugs. It was or monsters. I'm sorry, but it was uh, I love EDF. I've loved EDF for a very long time, and I'm glad I have people to play it with. Uh that's all for EDF. My last thing I want to talk about. Dude, like, uh, I think we're at like six times, six or seven times. The Earth needs a better, uh, <laughs> a, 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 a better defense source. Yeah, build a wall some of, some of, some of, they're, uh, a mix of both. Okay. I was gonna say, there's but, only uh, so many times you can eject by, uh, giant monsters and still be surprised. <laughs> but, um, last game I want to talk about. Uh, I saved the best for last, of course. Yakuza, like a dragon. I uh, I cannot recommend that game enough. I fucking loved that game so much. The story was so good. I uh, just I loved it. I loved it. Hey Greg, um, do you know why they decided to localize that game seven as with the subtitle that is the title in Japan? I think they probably think uh, Americans are stupid, and they're like, "Oh, they, they, don't, they don't know what it's called." I don't know. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a weird way, biohazard situation, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say, and I think it's a similar reason to Resident Evil Biohazard, and not to. Uh, I'm not defending it too much, and I'm I'm saying explicitly, you can't think about it too much. But if you, you know, kind of. Step back and you think, oh, this is, I guess, a way to signal that the franchise is starting again by giving the subtitle the main real title. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a reboot. So I think that is the angle they're going for in both Resident Evil 7 and Yakuza. I guess it could also be kind of dumb and, and somehow be trying to reference like a Dragon Quest in that it's changing <laughs> to an oh, RPG system. I, actually, Honestly, that's 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 that pretty good. Now. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that actually makes more sense. Based with what John was telling me about 
how they how much they referenced Dragon Quest in the first two hours. That totally makes sense. Dude, Ichiban would... doesn't shut up about Dragon Quest. He loves it. <laughs> I wouldn't loves be too surprised. Um, yeah, I it was a great game. I had really great mini games. Uh, I the story was fucking phenomenal. I I cried at the end. It was just mm. that good. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to play it, no doubt. That's all. That's all I got, man. Yeah, I mean, everything I've heard about Yakuza Seven sounds so good. The thing, and this just recently came up. I was actually talking to my older brother about it, and he was interested in it, and he presented a good argument to me for why I shouldn't buy it. And uh, I mean, tickle your guys' brains with this. Every other Yakuza game that's on PC is on Game Pass. So isn't it just a matter of time before Like a Dragon shows up on my Game Pass feed? I mean, I'm <laughs> sure, yeah. That is sound logic. Yeah. Just keep yeah, games on going Well, actually, then. hold on. When you say all of them, is Yakuza 6 on there? Yakuza 6 on the PC. No, that is a PlayStation. Oh, yeah, it's not on the PC. You're right, Fred. Oh, then... I mean, yeah, it's on the PC. Why wouldn't it come to it? Yeah. I'd hold out, especially because you're not even done with, you know, one or zero or one. You're, you know, oh, yeah, I mean, getting, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I was so into the idea of playing a funny JRPG again that I was, I had been contemplating skipping, but I don't think I realistically want to do that. I've gotten to the well, point in Yakuza 0 where I'm, I'm, I'm invested enough in the story that, like, as best as I can, I'm going to see it linearly, though, you know, I'm not going to wait for them to get around to putting Yakuza 3 through 6 on PC to play Like a Dragon. Yeah, well, to be fair, though, 7 is kind of... I mean, what you were saying earlier was right. It is kind of like a, a reboot of the series. Like, you know, a lot of the, you know, earlier characters, like in Zero, you know, you're like in like the 80s or whatever, and now it's like 2020, so, you know, a lot of people are old, and, you know, a lot of stuff happens in between well, those well, games. Plus the new protagonist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is kind of like a, a restart. So I mean, even if you did jump, in, like I started with number six, and I was, I was still fine. That one just definitely has some spoilers. But if you like jumped in with seven, you really wouldn't have them. I mean, yeah, you'd see like, oh, oh, I know that person's not gonna die in those games. But like, other than that, you know, you're still gonna have plenty of twists and turns in the games themselves. You know. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, I, I could totally see that. I bet, I bet like eighty percent of each one of these games' plots are self-contained. Is what I'm guessing. Yeah. More Absolutely. than that, probably. Yeah. It's like all those times there's a new uh, number one issue of a comic book. It's like, you can jump on here. <laughs> right. Even though there's tons of history behind that title. I mean, yeah, I jumped on Yakuza 0, which came out 10 years after the first game of Roundabouts. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like it's a perfect jumping on point for the series, but I obviously don't have the series in context. But I might. Well, it is, though, because it's like a prequel, you know? So like, yeah, it's the uh, yeah, chronologically. Sure. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, I guess that's different for sure. Thanks, uh, Greg. Let's move yeah. on to uh, the other guy who's played Like a Dragon that I know of and EDF, John. Yeah, I set my piece on EDF. It's good if you're playing it, get the motorcycle. If not, get fucked. Uh, Yakuza Seven, though, I gotta say, I'm not done. I'm on the. I just actually I was playing right up until I joined uh, to do this. I I just got to chapter fourteen, I think, out of fifteen. I'm probably just gonna finish it tonight. But definitely my game of the year. Fantastic. Absolutely agree. I probably should have said that as well. Game of the year. Wow. 
Any ideas? Uh, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. All right, oh, yeah. you should finish your thought. I, I have something else entirely to throw at you. So yeah, sorry, um, go ahead and finish that. I'm just having so much fun with it. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm doing all the side stuff. I mean, I think I've got like almost 75 hours in the game. Uh, I'm still not bored. Like I'm still, you know, checking all That's the nooks wild. and crannies of the town, switching out like my jobs, you know, to get different moves and stuff. All the friends, not bored of the friend quest. It just everything about it the seems game like is just uh, Yakuza just stepped up. It's like Yakuza, and Yakuza, you know, you're playing Zero. You know, the combat's not bad, but it's nothing. You know, I'm not gonna call someone like, dude, you gotta play Yakuza. The combat's gonna change your life. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's pretty fun. I'll say it's pretty fun. The story, yeah. But I like JRPGs and I like turn-based games. And this game, same. You know, I think it has a pretty a pretty solid system. It's nothing. You know, also nothing to. It can change your life, but it's it's pretty good. Uh, so I, I like the combat and stuff. It's just you know, there's so much so much to do. It truly is like a dragon. Hell yeah! No, like you know, I, I kind of said most of most of what I had about the game on um, when Greg was talking. But one thing that you brought up, I mean, both of you guys calling your game of the year. Um, I didn't. I haven't read through Keeley's nominations enough to see if it's represented at all but i know it's not at the top so you guys think it's just not you guys think it's a popularity thing like i was just gonna ask people that. are playing well, playing yakuza compared one. to like the big playstation games but then again this feels like the biggest yakuza game yet i don't know well okay so how does it work though because this technically came out in japan like two years ago oh fuck so i don't That's even know a... if it would be eligible it was uh I think it was eligible on the game awards for something. Or at least I was able to put it on. For uh it might, Steam, well, Steam awards. Well, st- yeah, the Steam awards. Well, Steam awards. Steam awards oh, different rules. Like like, I like no Siege, Siege won a, well, Siege won last year or something in the Steam awards. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I don't I don't know if I that's my only reasoning. If not, I I think it is fucking uh, getting snubbed. Wait, are there uh, so I, I do I do the so game of the year thing right now? Well, I just I just googled it. Um, I'm looking at like a dragon was nominated for best RPG. Oh, there you go. What's it up so, against? So 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 it is eligible, and it's up against in best RPG: Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin oh, right. Impact, Persona Five Royale, and mm-hmm. Wasteland Three. I mean, those are all pretty solid games. Uh, can't deny that. Uh, I have played Wasteland Three. I definitely like Yakuza better. Uh, Persona 5 Royale is such a weird addition on there. I mean, it's just... I don't even know. What it, is that? Is that like a, a so remix of Persona 5? Like Royal, the, the pl- it's um, version? Persona 5 Royal. it is uh, basically Persona 5. They just... Uh, did you guys ever play Dragon's Dogma? They basically... Oh, yeah. So, with Dragon's Dogma, they uh, they added the DLC, um, Bitterback Island. But they released that as its own game. Like... Like this whole completely new game called oh, it's uh, like Dark the Premium Version. It's just like yes, everything it's basically else. like, okay. but it has it like has, it has some con- new like, content. And shit, it has like a off. shit ton of content. It's like I'm not, I'm not knocking. I mean, I've, it sounds great. Like especially if you like that game, fuck yeah, Persona Five Royal. But throw it up against like it, uh, a bunch of fucking brand new games. But yeah, dude, it changes like name. it changes like the ending and all this. Like it add triples the amount of shit mm-hmm. in the game. Right. Like even Final Fantasy Seven Remake. Like you could make somewhat of a similar argument, but then, but it's also just it's it is an entirely new game. Like it has a different story, 
as different gameplay. Like, it is not like playing Final Fantasy VII again, you know? I mean, I've... It's weird. Personally, I've never played Final Fantasy VII. I've played in Genshin, I've played Persona, played Wasteland, played Yakuza. Yakuza is the best one out of it. And I love, I love Persona games. I'm sure I've talked about that. And I like I Genshin bet Like Impact a Dragon a lot. would win this. I mean, Dude, look at, like oh, a dragon fuck, was... it's, it's up against Final Fantasy VII Remake. And... Uh, I think Final Fantasy VII is going to win. I don't think it deserves yeah. it, but I think it's going to win. Would you guys think, I don't know, man. X7 for one of the Game of the Year contenders? Uh, well, we, we already talked to... Yeah, I'm sure these guys would both remove <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy VII and put in Like a Dragon. Probably. I would remove Animal Crossing, too. I know for your reasons, you know, the COVID year, whatever, I don't... That doesn't factor in with me, all right? I don't give a fuck about Animal Crossing. Oh look, look uh, I'm not saying no, I'm not saying game. that makes me like the game. I'm I'm saying for the for the King Akili prediction game. I think right, Animal right, Crossing is right. a strong. Playing shows. the meta, I know. Greg I have no it. I have no love for the game. I can't. Yeah, I can't stand it. I think those games are so fucking boring. <laughs> I uh, if I had to get rid of one of these, I'd probably do Eternal. I don't sense think that's. For, yeah. I don't think Game of the Year is for that. Doom guys shoot good. Yeah, great. <laughs> Vito is so pissed. <laughs> yeah, I'm right glad now. he's not. I hear the V <laughs> outside. What is that? Is that a siren? <laughs> Let me in. All right. Uh, fuck. Where were we? John. Yeah. Yeah. Oh cool. yeah. I forgot. I was talking like about games I was playing. Yeah. yeah uh, the best game ever made. There you go. <laughs> uh, and other quicker news um, yesterday Andy you're here for this we watched uh, a few of our friends play the beta level of Unphasmophobia the prison level oh uh, uh, no I, cool. I, I think I went to bed oh you right weren't before. there oh you weren't okay whatever it was still it was pretty cool uh, so yeah it's in the beta branch you know you can really easily you know get into that in Steam uh, yeah the prison level it's it's pretty solid it's supposed to come out any any day now Really you think it's um, so you think it's like pretty I, I guess you you are saying this, but you think it's pretty unique, like it stands out against the other levels in the game? Oh yeah, 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 yeah I think cool. so. It, it cool. was it was really badass. It's I think it's a medium sized level, so it's off the size of the, the uh the high the school. school. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was really cool watching him go through it. I, I I look forward to playing that level. Can you get locked in uh, the cells? Uh, probably. It is cool. The cells do, like, slide, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, they just, I can't do the clinking sound, but they, they do slide. Uh, and it has, it does seem like, uh, and it was the beta branch, so I can't be sure, but it seems like they've added more, like, ambient stuff, you know, like, noises and, like, lights flickering and doors slamming and stuff. So, you know, it's always good to hear noise uh, about that game. It's always getting better. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's always good to hear noises from ghosts. Yeah, well, that's yeah, really no, I've I like that game a lot. I, I've gotten to the point, I think, where I'm not, like, dying to play it all the time, but if somebody wants to play it, I will. And yeah. uh, I think it'll be a fun game to check out whenever they drop new content like this. Yeah, I just wish our friends would play it. They always want to play it, like, it's like 1230 at night, and they're like, let's play Phasmophobia. And I, I just don't want to, I'm not going to put my fucking, I know you don't, it doesn't matter to you, but I don't want to put my VR headset on at 1230 at night. I'm going to rattle the dogs up, you know, i got to clear some space. Right, it's, right. I'd rather just watch them play. I like being the, you know, the the eyes, you know. I get you. I get you. But uh, yeah, phasmophobia good. Uh, let's about it for video games. Moving on to the world of cinema and entertainment. I still have Disney Plus because I didn't cancel it yet. Oh, yeah, I started nice. watching other other Marvel properties, and I watched the 
two only seasons of uh, Agent Carter. Oh yeah, I Thoughts? haven't watched that. How was that? Yeah. It's pretty solid. I, I, it was yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't sure, like cool. go around recommending it. I wouldn't like hey, you gotta get Disney Plus to watch it. But if you have Disney Plus and you you know you're just like Marvel stuff and you just want more to watch, yeah. I mean, you should know it got canceled. So there's kind of like a weird, not crazy cliffhanger at the end of season two, but like a oh okay, they're setting up season three, but then they just didn't do it. So yours is the that. impression I've always well, got. It's a good thing. Well, you know, it's a good thing it's not a fantastic show. So when it when it gets canceled on a cliffhanger, you're like, all right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so, you know, check that out if you're bored. And then in other news, our friend Brendan we started rewatching the Venture Brothers. Oh yeah, and we're uh, like in the first few episodes of season two. And I mean, I've seen every episode, and I've watched it. You know, I watched it when I was younger, and I watched it growing up. But uh, it's still really funny. I love that show. Uh, it's definitely. I don't know what year it came out. You know, there's some dated humor in there that they couldn't get away with now, but, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? That's so weird, um, dude. I A couple months ago, I watched the first season of Venture Bows for the first time. I don't think I mentioned like it on it? the podcast. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I, I think it's still a very funny show. It uh, is. Did you did you go any further, or were you just like one? I season? am planning to. I just haven't yet. <laughs> so much stuff to I do all the time. Yeah, 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 I get you. Uh, yeah, so you know, if you haven't watched Adventure Brothers, go watch it. If you haven't watched it in a long time, go check it out again. Yeah, the uh, only problem is episodes. I've I've watched it as well. Um, as a kid, I don't remember much about it other than sometimes <laughs> we're watching an episode. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I've seen this. Um, but uh, funny ass show. I love it a lot. The only problem is there's literally no way to, and I mean literally no way to get the uncensored uh, seasons one and two, maybe three. I think after three, they started releasing them uncensored. But it, it like the the first couple of seasons don't exist uncensored. So mm. uh, yeah, <laughs> not that you know, not that you need to see everybody hanging dong all the time, but. They you are know. censored for television. You want the option. Yeah. The dong option. Yeah. But, uh... All right. That's it. I reckon... All right. Thanks, Jonathan. Oh, thank you. Uh, what have I been doing? Well, Maybe fortunately, we I got a, I got a, uh, some words to say for our Yakuza and Star Trek podcast. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, as we t- touched on earlier, they've been playing Yakuza 7. I've been playing Yakuza 0. I've gotten, I think, I'm on Chapter 13 out of 17 or so, from what I hear. Pretty far into the game. Still loving it. It's a very charming game. I highly recommend Yakuza 0. Um, if you've never even heard of the series, I think Yakuza 0, as we were saying earlier, it's a prequel chronologically. It takes place before everything else. It's probably a good primer. I suppose I can't say that because I haven't played the others, but I mean, it hooked me into the series. Uh, One thing, the biggest thing, you you hear all the sub-stories and how a lot of the game is about just all the side quests you do on the way, but what I also have found out that's probably obvious to our Yakuza fans here 
is that the game is also about all the different fucking mini games you find along the way and how many of them are actually a lot of fun. I spent a significant amount of time just playing a, a Cabaret Club mini game, for example. <laughs> I love the Cabaret Club. That's my favorite one. But yeah, no, it's a. Uh, maybe I'll say some more about it after I'm done. I feel like I've talked about it a couple times about my during gamer impressions. So uh, I'm trying to finish it before Cyberpunk. So maybe I'll have something to say next week about it. Look, it as I just a, might. As a as a high profile member of the mob, you have to have a diversified criminal portfolio, and you need certain legitimate enterprises. So you got to play those mini games. You gotta. To yeah, keep but yourself, both the people uh, I play as and Yakuza Zero are technically not in the mob. <laughs> Right, John? Isn't that fair to say? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, they've yeah. both been kicked out of the Yakuza. I guess at that well, point, I thought they're, Kiryu they're just left associating the Yakuza, with criminals. Right? Uh, kicked out. No, of I, yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he is uh, in Yakuza Zero. He's kicked out. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I thought yeah, it was okay, like a point. I thought it was out. a point where I thought it was like a point that he. Like, he was one of the only people who was allowed to leave or something like that. No, no, no. Remember the cutscene? He gets, like, kicked out, and then he was like, oh, so I'm not Yakuza anymore, so I can, like, fight you, and that's when you fight that one lieutenant? Oh, that's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're not my boss anymore, so I can kick your head in. Yeah. I forgot that he... For some reason, I thought the game started with him already out of the Yakuza, but I totally forgot some of the shit that happened at the very beginning of the game. It's a long game with a lot of story. Yeah, and um, you, you did start it and then take a pretty good break, too. So, I, mean, that was I did, too. Ago. Yeah. The other thing I have maybe a few more words to say on is the Orville, which, Flask, I think you mentioned before that uh, the story I had in my head was that your dad was watching the Orville and, Discover- and Discovery, but continue with the Orville because it was actually more Star Trek than Discovery <laughs> yes. was. Yes. I totally agree. I 100% agree with that. Well, I suppose I can't say it because I haven't seen Discovery, but... Uh, what I'm trying to say is the Orville is very Star Trek. And very Star Trek TNG specifically, I think. I think it's trying to spoof specifically TNG. And much of like what I remember your dad saying is pretty much what, what I think about it. Is that <clears throat> it has really good humor. Or this is what you said. I don't know how much this is from your dad. It has really good humor. Well, hang on. Let me back up. It has pretty good humor. Right. It's not. It's not like... The funniest show ever, and there's annoying. It's McFarlane shit that humor. It can be good sometimes. <laughs> I think it's really good McFarlane humor. Okay. I think it. I think McFarlane. I think it's maybe my favorite McFarlane show. Um. And he himself playing in it is is actually pretty good. I like him as the main character. And John, I think yesterday when I was talking about you said you've hated everything McFarlane's in. I completely or you hate him in everything. Sorry. I completely agree with that, and accept the Orville. I think he, it feels to me like this is his dream job, like playing this character, and he's taking it seriously. <laughs> so that's cool. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely plan on giving it a shot. Uh, it's pretty funny overall, and um, it's got good, serious sci-fi plots as well, and it plays those straight. Um, I, I, the A plot is never like a big joke, or you know, it's never like stupid poop jokes that you're dealing with for the most part. Um, it's pretty good. I recommend it. I give it a good recommend, and I'm not saying it's the best show of all time, 
to the people here because you guys are Star Trek fans, I think you'll get a lot more out of it than maybe like the average viewer. Yes. It seemed uh, it seemed clear that he was making it for, uh, for Star Trek Greg. fans. Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. I'll, I'll just say one recurring bit that I like a lot to give an example of how it's for Star Trek fans. Um, I told John this already, but you guys know the, the trope in Star Trek, how the captain is trying to mediate a disagreement between two, two conflicting races, or maybe even between a conflicting race and uh, the, uh, the Federation. And there's the guy who comes in, he's like, no, I demand bloodshed. And he's just now for negotiations. He's hostile and everything. Um, that'll happen in the Orville and characters will be like, dude, just stop being a dick and listen. It's so satisfying. This is the I love that uh, part. the grounded Starfleet. Yes, and uh, another thing, uh, just a quick mention has some good cameos. This isn't a cameo, but one of my favorite characters is played by, by Norm Macdonald, one of my favorite comedians, the recurring oh, yeah. character. He's not in every episode, but he's in a lot of them. He's pretty fucking good. That just sounds funny. <laughs> In oh, concept. He's great. Uh, yeah, that's all I got, actually. I, I don't have a whole lot, which is good, because uh, we're running a little late into the break. That being said, anybody have some last-minute comments on the games you've been playing? Other things before we take a little 10-minuter? Uh, I hate Star Trek, and uh, I will never watch it. Narp, not true. You... If we talk about Star Trek a few more episodes, Greg might never appear again. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking quit. Almost. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'm writing down anime. some more Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, dude. Topics. I'm just gonna. Yes. I'm literally going to just watch a bunch of anime and unfiltered talk about it. Or V. That's our. That's our. That's the battle we're we're fighting here, listeners. Is <laughs> Greg with his anime figures and us with our Star Trek memorabilia. I have something. Oh, oh yeah. I actually have something I want to talk about. What? But also, Flask, go ahead first. Because mine's, mine's about anime. In the DS9 episode, where they have to do the casino heist, uh, you know, for Vic's, just to help Vic. Yeah. Um, The actor who plays Zemo, the, like the mob boss, the older guy, um... Mm-hmm is the same actor who plays the lodging house uh, uh, operator in the movie Newsies from 1992. And also in the movie Newsies is Max Max Casella, who plays uh, the main character's sort of like second in command in the Newsies racetrack. And Max Casella voices Daxter in Jack and Daxter. My God! Well, that's Flask, uh, if only you had watched the newsies, you would have had a really cool roundtable. <laughs> I actually, uh, I I watched the stage version of Newsies recently because I was curious. Uh, like I watched Newsies what as a the kid. Fuck is the Newsies? Newsies? 
It's a you movie from 1992, uh, Disney musical, shit? starring Santa Christian Bale. Santa Fe, oh, you're there. All right, give me the, the better or worse than Willow, Flash. Give me it's, the oh, it's so much better than Willow. Newsies is oh, fun. Oh, okay. Now Brand I have new to shoes with matching sneakers. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Newsies cult for sure. I like Newsies. Look right. at me. I'm the king of New York. Why do you know Newsies? <laughs> Suddenly... Yeah, I'm respectable. Stay right, right with your thing, Click, you. before he starts uh, <laughs> imploding. So I'm calling myself out, and I was thinking about maybe I shouldn't talk about it, but I want to do it anyway. So uh, it was my birthday, of course, on Halloween. But I, a friend of mine, she uh, recently sent me a gift. She uh, asked me for my address, and she, uh, she sent me something. Oh, so, gosh. Uh, I've talked about this. I've talked about this a few times. I don't think I've ever talked about the podcast, but I've always wanted a body pillow, an anime body mm-hmm. pillow. Oh my god! But I've told myself, I've said, I will never fucking buy one. I need it needs to be gifted for me for me to actually have one. So, Liz, if you're listening to this, thank you very much. But uh, she got me a fucking body pillow, and it, it's probably like. The funniest gift I've ever gotten, and uh, it's pretty damn nice. I have a fun pretty damn story. It is also not safe for work. This body pillow. <laughs> it is definitely so. <laughs> funny story about that is, uh, my mom got the package and thought it was for my dad, and she saw the name on it and she was like, "Huh, that's weird. Whatever." And then. So, my mom, being the nosiest person she could possibly be, uh, when I came home from work, she's like, hey, what, what's in there? No, 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 no. What's in there? And so, I opened it and showed her, and she's like, huh. And she is yet to ever bring it up again. She's just like, huh. <laughs> it's probably for the best. <laughs> Dude. Every time my parents find, like get one of my packages, and they, uh, they open it up, it, usually it's not for their betterment. Like, my dad's opened up, uh, I don't know if I, I, so, my dad once, because me and my dad have the same name, he opened a package up because he thought it was his, and it was a, uh, a Monster Girl, uh, book, <laughs> I feel like I've told this, I've, I think I've told Flask, I've told you the story, but my dad, I, I came home from work at, like, 9 o'clock at night, and sitting on my desk was the open package with the book inside, I was like, oh, fuck, man, and my dad... Never brings it up. He does not talk about it, but I know it's him that did it. Why would you <laughs> so. open a package that's ticking mysteriously with Greg energy? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see this. Where does it say you gotta live and that die here? I just wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to show my appreciation for a lovely gift. Why should you only and take that she, you uh, Why should you she, uh, whole okay. life? Alright, break, break, we're done. No future. Andy, did you... Were you like a Newsies kid or something? What else is sake? If the life don't seem to suit you, how about a change of scene? Yes. I didn't know we had this Newsies connection. Far from the lousy headlights and the deadlines in between. Man, Christian Bale hates having we've, been in we've talked movie. We've talked about the Newsies before, Flash. I don't even remember. Okay, when we were yeah. much younger. Okay. Was that like a movie of your childhood? It is. Yes, I love yeah. Newsies. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I wish Vito was here. 
Because I don't think Vito watched Star Trek. So me and him could just be like, So you guys yeah. just talk in the background all the time. Yeah. They're like, Flash, lower us really quietly and just have us talking in the background as background noise. Sinister muttering. I'm respectable, staring right at your lousy witch stature. That was the voice of Daxter singing that chorus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been a big pass. Doesn't seem as good as Willow. <laughs> you, you son of does a bitch. Willow have, does Willow have Christian Bale singing? Uh, it's got Val Kilmer, who also played Batman. Well, hang, hang on a second. That's not what I asked. Does it have Christian Bale singing? Oh, my Bale God. Singing? Wait. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't wait have a Christian second. Bale singing. All right. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, before we head into the news, Flask, you had an update on a thing? Yeah, it's less of an update, and I just wanted to say, and the world will know, and the journal too, Mr. Hertz and Pulitzer, have we got news for you. <laughs> wow. See? What a great and timely reference to get us into the news. I love it. Yeah. Uh, uh, John, uh, I'm going to break the proto a little bit. Do you mind reading this first one for me? <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say it's bold of you to assume that I have mastered the talent of reading, <laughs> but I'll give it my best shot. Okay, thanks. Appreciate <laughs> Marvel's that. Avengers has not recouped its <laughs> development cost as of eleven twenty-five, but it's fucking for the inside. Don't worry, here. I'm sure it's, it's December. It yet. Stop! Stop! It's December second right now. All right, <laughs> anything could have happened. We don't know. They could have tripled I... their development costs. If how about this? It's development Find out if... <laughs> Oh wait, fuck! No, ah, no! <laughs> uh, all right, uh, yeah, I believe this. I'll say this though. Um, I mean, I actually un- I uninstalled the game. It's not not installed anymore. Um, they're having their first big uh, content update, new character, or whatever. On um, well, it was delayed. It was supposed to come out in November, but now it's coming out. December eighth. Uh, Who is know. it? Spider Man. <laughs> don't don't. Are you trying to be funny? You want to fight? You want to fight, little man? Spider Man. Spider Man is like exclusive. This is a this is Hawkeye. All right, not oh, oh. Clint Barton Hawkeye. This is Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Oh, the real Hawkeye. Oh, cool, cool man. Mm-hmm. Now Clint is supposed to come. I think next month. Oh, well, you almost had me, John. Yeah. I was yeah. just about then, to get on. Uh, you know. Oh, uh, this didn't surprise me. I, I mean, oh, yeah, let me check. How do I check? Uh, what? I want to check the Steam, Steam numbers. How many people are playing this game? Uh, just Google Steam charts the game. It's a quick right. explain, in my well, opinion. As we're Googling this, uh... Go on to the next story. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I'll just say so briefly the story, for the story, yeah, yeah. A, little, a little bit of oh. a, some numbers. I think it was something like they sold 60, only 60% of what they expected. Um, and uh, Square Enix, as a result, posted a loss for that quarter. All right. You ready for the big numbers, folks? Let's do it. The last 30 days, average players. This is only for Steam, so mind you, there could be billions of other players and other consoles. We don't there know. There could be billions. But billions. Average players, last 30 days, 843. What's Whoa. The, uh, 
peak players in the last 30 days? About 1,900. Dude. That's more people than I know personally. That's you know what more the people than start, I know personally. Uh, for real, though, I did not. Like, I knew it was bad, but that's, that is, whoa. That's, that is that's real slow. bad. That's like Lawbreakers numbers, I feel like. Uh, all-time peak of 28,000. Yeah, the average players in September was 7,400. Oh my god, so it's lost um, It's lost 90% of its player base in three months. It's gotta yeah, be down to be one when they check tomorrow. Uh, hey, Bishop comes back on December 8th. I mean, what else is there to even do around then? There's no games coming out. There's nothing that could even stop that. It's Marvel all the way on to the new year, baby. Yeah, there's nothing coming, coming out. out? I'm could... sorry, one more time? December 8th, bud. Oh. Hmm. Wow, they really yeah, messed up with that. Call of Duty comes out, out the next day. Are you serious? Call of Duty comes out December 9th? The, uh, the season pass? Or like, oh. the new pass season? Uh, really sorry. Well, I thought you meant like, <laughs> a, a new Call of Duty. I was like, what the fuck? I thought Ronald Reagan just came out. Yeah, uh, I guess the first season comes out on the uh, 9th. Um, here's hoping to, um, uh, fuck, what's that game called? Ultimate Alliance 4, uh, coming to not just the Switch. Oh, I gotta say. oh that'd be, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I right, still uh, think of our Ultimate Alliance t- uh, 2 run, dude. It was great. I, I With, still remember uh, not to worry. I, I remember, <laughs> don't worry. What else we got in the news? So, uh, Yuri Geller has given t- Nintendo permission to print Kadabra on Pokemon cards again. A controversy cool. ended that I was never aware of. I didn't know this was a thing. But apparently, Kadabra's Japanese name, it, um, well, both the appearance and the name, Young Gera, sounds very uh, similar to Yuri Geller. I guess if you pronounce it correctly, it probably does. Um <laughs> And uh, including, like, the spoon that Kadabra bends with his mind, just like Yuri Geller. So, I guess some years ago, Yuri, uh, or Geller, uh, sued Nintendo, and Nintendo has since honored his request not to print any more of those cards. But, until now, where Yuri Geller has given him permission. See, the key difference between the two, and I think a lot of people overlook this, uh, Yuri is a fraud who cannot actually (laughs) bend spoons with his mind, and Kadabra can... (laughs) That is true. The Pokemon can actually do so. Uh, so fuck Yuri Geller. Uh, I don't know why Pokemon uh, ever even entertained his wishes. I mean, unless they had to by court order, then I guess I understand. Well, I yeah. mean, since since he's a performer, he probably actually has his uh, his um, what's it called? His likeness trademark. Like he he is a brand, so. When Nintendo, like, makes a character that's clearly based off of him and sounds like on him, I could see that it it legitimately violated some trademark law. But that being said, I think it's silly as hell to go after it. But, hey, man's got to get paid. Well, of course, like, you know, 20 years later, he's just, like, reminded of of it randomly. And he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, I think that's what he said, too, right? Like, yeah. Like he he said he had said that he said that he basically had forgot about it and then he was just getting a bunch of emails about it. He's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, I I believe that Yuri that you're always constantly getting emails about fucking Kadabra cards. 
please, yeah, he, Yuri, he said, please allow us he to wrote, Kadabra. quote, due to the tremendous volumes of email, I am still getting, begging me to allow Nintendo to bring back Kadabra, Young Geller. I sent a letter to the chairman of Nintendo. So, yeah. He's the guy who got blown the fuck out on, what was it, Carson by uh, James Randi all those years ago, like in the yes, 70s. Yes, I remember those. Seen, <laughs> when well, he couldn't perform any of his those, tricks with props video. that they yep. provided. Yep, I remember that. Well, I've seen videos of it, I mean. Yeah. I'm a big James Randi fan. Rest in peace. Uh, okay. Yeah, rest in peace. Inventive gamer hackers have already made headway and have emulated PS2 on the new Xbox. I guess this is uh, using the Xbox dev mode feature, which is apparently pretty easy to get into. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah that was pretty neat. I mean, I think it's neat just as a, a technological thing. Uh, you know, a, a technical thing, I mean. An engineering thing. Only a few weeks after the console to already have Already be playing God of War PS2 on your brand new Xbox. That's pretty neat, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You linked the um, the Modern Vintage Gamer video, which is a channel that I've yes. mentioned previously on the podcast, and he does a good breakdown of like what's playable, how playable is it. But he was even expressing surprise at how quickly this has been made <laughs> possible. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just want to mention that because it's it's neat. Yes. That's all. And this next improved. one I'm also mentioning. This next one I'm also mentioning because it's it's neat in a weird way. It's it's weird. Uh, Saudi Arabia Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman uh, purchases a one third stake in SNK, the developers of King of Fighters, and becomes a majority shareholder. That means that <laughs> uh, Saudi Arabia Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is officially the uh, uh, head of King of Fighters. <laughs> is that what that means? I think so. I mean, he's oh, a majority okay. shareholder, so he, he is I the mean, king of fighters. The yeah, he has the the most voting power and dude, he's got to love king of fighters, dude. I I can I understand it. I feel so, it. Yeah, he uh, it's all part of an initiative where he's like it's it's through this nonprofit organization or foundation or whatever that's trying to uh, make game development a thing in Saudi Arabia to increase Saudi Arabia's profile in media and entertainment mediums. But, um, of course, a lot of people are upset because uh, Saudi Arabia the has human right, had... The human rights, atoshi, <laughs> uh, human rights atrocities laid specifically at Mohammed bin Salman's feet, yes. Oh, yeah, those, yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, listen. Why are you bringing that up? We're talking about video games, all right? Come on. <laughs> b- b- video games. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, maybe, maybe a homicidal maniac of sorts is, is the best person to make a fighting game. I'm not... You know, I'm just saying, wait until the next King of Fighters. You know, we'll see. I Let's, we'll, I listen, the proof will be in the, the King of Fighters, man. We'll the proof see. will be the King of Fighters. John, I, I feel like you, uh, you would like... people's heads off. John, I kind of bullied you earlier with the last with that last news. So I'll give you this next one. This is not a bully. This is a, this is a nice one. Uh, thanks, Andy. What do we got here? We got Fall Guys Season 3... Looking like a winter wonderland. And it does. We have some sort of winter theme going on for season three, which I think comes out in about, what, eight days, nine days, something like that? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know Um, if we know many official details about what's coming other than uh, what we can see in uh, that image attached in the tweet. Yeah, I think 
Uh, I think they did say a few things. Um, so I'm just watching. Look at the first like uh, response to that tweet. It's like a video of a guy doing push-ups. <laughs> what are you? What yeah. do you know? Anyways, <laughs> no, no, uh, he, he's right. This is pretty cool. <laughs> the video is insane. They, they were um, talking. I think they said there's going to be um, more, maybe like twice as much. I don't know, whatever uh, levels in this one than they added uh, in season two. Basically, everything's going to be bigger. More levels added. More variations. You know, more, more, more. Uh, and. Uh, I'm excited to try it. I mean, I even, you know, I don't get on Fall Guys every day. Uh, you know, maybe I'll play a match in the morning, but I, I still enjoyed the game. You know, if we, if we had a crew together, we had nothing to do. I like to suggest it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, for sure, I would, I would play it more often than we do already. Even I love that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of games, you know, right now. I know. Uh, sure. yeah, I'm definitely gonna yeah, dive into sure. season three when it comes out. I, I like um. I like this image that we see here, like this obstacle course. It looks like with the rotating wheels and the holes you got to jump through. That looks pretty neat. Yeah. Let's look. Yes. I bet the holes are gonna be a lot bigger though. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, they can't be that small, right? There's, there's, that, that actually be... looks challenging. Well, I mean, look, no, the holes I, were made for you. Actually, Shit. no. Look, look at the wheel in the back. It looks like there are big holes and small holes. Oh, yeah, you're right. So you could thread the needle or go through the big, wide one. Mm, Right, but, I mean, you're going to have a bunch of people going through the big, wide one, so maybe it's safer to thread the needle. Mm -hmm. And this is all why you're going down the slide for those at home. Right. Uh, And I see on the hashtag, it's hashtag Jigsawless, maybe is what this is called. That's not real, Greg. The image was constructed by by fans as a puzzle. Hold on, we have some emergency news here. Greg, let me just confirm one more time. This is just real before I saw like an is, asshole and bring this up. It is, it is apparently real, yes. Yes, see this thing you post in game. Apparently Kratos is coming to Fortnite, Chapter now, 2, Now, the Mandalorian is in it as well. Oh, no, sorry, Chapter 2, Season 5. Kratos and the Mandalorian, that's the two things they grab. They just fucking fucked Galactus uh, yesterday, dude. <laughs> they just, they just fucked Galactus <laughs> They literally, yesterday. they literally <laughs> fucked Galactus yesterday. Uh, it had Kratos, it would have gone easier, it would have gone smoothly. That's true. Um, that's, I, I, I gotta look it up, but the crazy shit I've been hearing, I'm like, dude, I wanna see what the fuck Fortnite is nowadays. I, you know, and obviously, I mean, maybe it's in true. I don't know. Maybe they're just throwing money at it now because it is. I heard Fortnite was uh, in decline. I heard just player base. Obviously not dead, but I heard, like, uh, oh, dude, going I don't know. downhill That's... since this chapter two. That shit's way too much for me. I, I mean, I'm sure what is downhill. People say PUBG's dead, but it's still, like, the fucking fifth most played maybe game Maybe it's on just Steam. plateauing. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, even if Fortnite is going downhill, it, it would have had... Tremendous success for a very impressive period of time, even if it died today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy, though, I guess. I don't I don't really know why they're putting Kratos in there, but whatever. More, more power uh, to it. For 2021 only, there will be a Best Video Game category at the Hugo Awards. Those of you familiar with science fiction and fantasy literature especially... For, are probably familiar with what the Hugo Awards are. Um, they also do televisions and movies, I believe. But this is a weird one for me because it's for one year only and it's only going to consider games that were released in 2020. And I understand that 
the people at the Hugo Awards have been lobbying to get a best video game category for a while. So this could just be a trial run for that. But if you're going to pick any year to carve out a new category of, of video <laughs> games, and remember specifically, they're looking at science fiction and fantasy games. 2020 is just a really shit year to do that. Yeah. And also the cynical part of me, the first thing I thought when I saw this was, oh, I guess somebody really high up already really likes cyberpunk enough they want to carve out an award category just so they can give it to cyberpunk. Because mm-hmm. think yeah. think about it. I mean, even though none of us have played the game, what else this year is going to even come close science fiction fantasy-wise? Uh, Maybe Half-Life Alex. Maybe Half-Life Alex. I could see that up there yeah, in, in a different way. But but, it happened so early in the year, no one even remembers that game. Yeah. So it's such a weird poll for me. That being said, I mean, who gives a fuck about awards? And um, hopefully, I guess there are people who care about the Hugo Awards. That uh, this the King of good... Keeley cares about awards, dude. Oh, sorry. I I said who cares about awards is in plural. We all care about the Game Awards, of course. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, I just want to bring it up because of my conspiracy theory. Fun fact, the Hugo Awards were actually named for the the character Hugo from Street Fighter. I thought it was Hugo Strange. No. Shit. The character no. Hugo from Street Fighter. <laughs> so, it's uh, coming full Hugo circle. from uh, Street Parade or something? No. The character okay. Hugo from Street Fighter. <laughs> Oh, I got you. Right. I got you. All right. Oh, another Hugo fun fact. Grant. This is like um, cousin, right? Hugh Grant's cousin, Hugo Grant. I I think George R. R. Martin, uh, famously has a bone to pick with the Hugos. I don't think he's like actually mad about it. But I think he's written before about how strange he finds it that um, the Winds of Winter lost to the Hugo Awards to I think like the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember reading that blog post. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. All right. Have you uh, ever read The Goblet of Fire? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, I like this story. Well, I thought it was fascinating. If only for, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm always a nerd for the inside look at why these billion-dollar companies are doing what they're doing. Internal Sony documents have revealed that the PS5 activities feature as a cornerstone of their business model, um, and that is uh, focusing on making single-player games easier to fit into your busy schedule. So making more single-player games and then making it easier for you to just hop on and play. And so I think maybe some of you... Uh, uh, nobody here has a PS5. Uh, I was going to no, say no. maybe some, somebody here has tried it out, but I think the way the activities feature works is that essentially, and it's up to the developer to implement this into each specific game but single player activities in a game can be kind of separated into checklists like you know the way i imagine it your quest list in skyrim maybe you can see that on your uh, ps5 menu and then you can click on one of them and just jump it will load you straight into the game at a good point in the world to do that quest for darks for demon souls for example you can do that to uh, i think hop straight to a boss door or something like that but um you know, up to the developer in Demon Souls, for example, you lose all your souls if you decided to opt into that feature, which I think is a fair mm-hmm. compromise. Um, but the point is, is that it's supposed to, as soon as you turn on your console, 
you see like a list of stuff that you can do and you see how like a lot of games are putting in estimated times of how long it'll take to complete each task you'll see that uh estimated time and then you'll be able to very easily budget your you know maybe your one hour a night of gaming into what you want to do and then just do it i don't i don't think i would like to play that way but i also have the benefit where i'm a single man without a family and without too many adult responsibilities beyond work and shit so i have the time to play games at my leisure but for the people who don't i'm sure this is great no, I was saying earlier, on the surface, I have an immediate negative reaction to this because it it just like shatters the experience of immersion into the you know the developer's vision. Uh, but I also think it's a feature that could potentially sneak up on me, and I could see myself liking it if it hits my brain right. Um, because I am a checklist guy. I I do like a list of tasks to complete. Um. I, I don't know that I'd be able ever be able to use it for a function that's otherwise built into the game world. Like, I don't know if I'd ever willingly use it in place of just, like, going to the next quest or going to the next mission. Because um, I'd always want to see how the devs planned it. But if the devs use the feature in a creative way or just it's just to skip tedium, then, yeah, it might, it might get me. <laughs> it has the potential to. I think about I think about stuff like Yakuza Zero. If I had had a feature where I could load up my Xbox dashboard, and for example, you know it has maybe Bring some of the some stories I'm working on a cabaret club. Exactly, that's a perfect example. It's like I I know when I'm getting on that what I want to do is the cabaret club, and I'm going to have to load into the game, load my save, and then go to the cabaret. Maybe fight some menus along the way. You know, all that takes time. When I know what I want to do, and it would be nice if I could just skip that transition period into getting to what I want to do and just do it. You yeah, just I mean? skip in tedium. That that right. yeah, that would be so, a good use case. That being said, I think I like am pretty much entirely in agreement with you that I don't see myself using it. Not that I would, in some fancy world where I were to get a PS5, I wouldn't see myself using it. Um, for uh for that reason, for the breaking of the immersion, for straying off the intended path, you know, the best mm-hmm. experience, so to say. I think there is a clip in the article from Spider-Man Miles Morales where, like, in the middle of gameplay, the person just selects from a list of side quests that they have available, and then it just takes them to, I don't know, the start of the side quest or something, or just starts it for them, I'm not sure. See, I mean, that, and that's pretty cool, and... I think there's a good argument that maybe you miss out on a lot in that travel time between between the side quests. But also, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you were the guy who played all of Spider Man and now you got Miles Morales, you kind of already know that world. You've you've done it all once before, but now there's new True. shit. Maybe you just want to jump to the new shit. True. You know, I, I and I also see it in shit like uh I think it makes it easier can take control for example i could see it being so easy to just hop to the dlc with a built-in feature like that versus oh, yeah. like the developers otherwise having to you know well i don't know i don't know how true that is but it seems like oftentimes developers are kind of at a crossroads with how to implement the dlc versus you know letting you pick it from the menu 
you know, whatever makes sense. But the activities would let them do both is, I guess, what I'm getting at. Right. Long live the PS5. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'll, wow, ju- I'll just skip down to the since since we're on that, I'll just skip down to the last story. Uh, the PS5 uh, came out on top in the first month of uh, sales for consoles, and uh, quote unquote massive month for sales for consoles. Kaboom! Um, this is looking specifically at the UK, I guess, but uh, our almost nine hundred thousand game consoles were sold in the UK during November. Um, Boy, which I feel like. I, I guess it is the UK, so there's a smaller population, but I would have almost expected more. Um, Not a one of them has gone to Greg. Let's see. Yeah, or B-Man. That <laughs> poor, poor boy. All right, and the just want to say the top five best-selling box games. So these are the games I guess people are buying with their consoles probably. Uh, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, Cold War, Cold War, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, FIFA 21, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Watch Dogs Legion. That's about right. Shoot, ain't, ain't a bad list. Ain't a bad list at all. Last story Maybe of the night. Cyberpunk would have been on that. <laughs> <laughs> Bioware and Ubisoft veterans create Yellow Brick Games. So this is a group of people from both Bioware and Ubisoft. It includes Mike Laidlaw, uh, who was the uh, most notably the director, uh, the creative director of the Dragon Age games, um, before moving briefly to Ubisoft. I think he, I don't know what he worked. He also on wrote there. Mass Effect. Yes, he wrote Mass Effect. Yes, yeah. Oh, nice. And, and uh, th- this article is about how Yellowbird Games is desiring a, quote, return to the basics. Um, they said they want to prioritize a craftsman approach with his projects, uh, moving away from the AAA experience they all have experience with. To, cr- to quote one of the founders, we want to emphasize a back-to-basics approach centered on the pleasure of crafting new game experiences in a flexible and more personable environment that an independent studio can provide. And when I see that kind of talent and I see those kind of words, I'm like, sure, hell yeah. I'm excited to see what you got for us. Yeah, based on those words alone, sure. Definitely uh, trying to keep the old the old eyeball on, I'll tell you that. I was looking at some <laughs> well of the said. other names that's, that are listed alongside that Laidlaw fella. I, I didn't and, recognize um, any of them. but I'm I didn't recognize any of them. I was just looking them up. But it seems like okay. most of the other ones are from Ubi. And, uh, okay. That a lot of them have worked on like uh Tom Clancy shit <laughs> and like uh Interesting. Different types of games other than like RPGs. Uh mostly like uh more grounded realistic shooter type stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So it makes me wonder what type of games they're gonna make. Yeah, for sure. Uh, since since they're just forming, I imagine it'll be at least a couple years before we hear about marketing of any projects. But um, and I'm assuming from the name and the logo, which has like a like a magic person in it, I'm assuming they're going fantasy. Just that's <laughs> that would be yeah, the assumption. I mean, it seems from that way. Those elements. Yeah, fellas, 
That was, that's all I got. That's all it's all on the docket. You don't have any more? I don't have any more. I mean, Cy- oh, Cyberpunk's man. coming out on December 10th, but you didn't need this podcast to tell you that. Who gives a shit? Uh, I guess I could well, say that what's also happening on December 10th is the Game Awards. And uh, if you're a gamer like us, tune in. And then after really? the Game Awards, yeah, it's the same night as the Cyberpunk's release. Hope you weren't planning on doing Sorry, anything that, Greg, because we're going to be doing our podcast special this year, the same thing that we did last year. We're going to do a uh, pre-podcast recording. We're going to just talk about what we think, or sorry, a pre-show recording, where we're going to all make bets on what game we think is going to win in what category. And the winner of the most correct guesses in the post-show will be awarded the famed, the one most important title here. It's not the Veto Brain. We actually have two of those right now, so it can't be that important. <laughs> it's the King of Keeley. John, as our current King of Keeley, maybe you want to say a few words on what that means. Well, you know, I guess it's a good time to mention it now. I lost the trophy. Excuse me? <laughs> I just lost Dude. it in the move. I don't know where it is. Do, do you know how long it takes? That. that takes like three or four months to manufacture. I can't get a new one of those in a week. Well, yeah, but, I, you know, I'm banking on winning again, so you don't have to. Well, I mean, I still kind of have... my last gambit, you know. <sighs> I'm going right. to win. You heard it here, fellas. John has to win. And if John doesn't win, when we finally get... When, when the money faucet starts coming, there's going to be a line. And I'll tell you who's at the back. Do, uh... Oh. Do they announce games at the Game Awards? They do, right? I'm not. They crazy. do, and uh, I should say, uh, one of the most, one of the highest rumors I'm seeing, and I'm not saying that as in most likely to be true, as in things I'm saying a lot or seeing a lot, is a Red Dead Redemption remastered, as rumored to be announced at the Game Awards. I, I think last my year, breath. Didn't last year they announced something like ten or something? new game reveals and we took took a list and there was more than that. I think there was a lot or something like that. Yeah, yeah no, they did my... have a fair amount last year. I don't do. Maybe yeah. they'll announce Dragon's Dogma 2. That would be awesome. They can announce oh, that. Boy. I mean, that would be the best way for Capcom. Well, fuck. If Maybe. you're Capcom, do you, do, you want to, do you want to go ahead and start confirming things on that list and just confirm the leak? Or do you want to just pretend uh, like it doesn't happen and just so play nice. it slow and hope, hope for people to forget about it? Maybe we'll see Outbreak. Open ring. No, right. outbreak. Nice one, All bud. Right. They had a much better chance of seeing Elden Ring than Dredge Outbreak. Well, <laughs> hang on. If that if that leak's true, Outbreak is supposed to come out like this time next year. Outbreak's never coming out, alright? Awards wouldn't be a, Don't you say go, that. a bad time to hear about it. And you know what? Neither is Cyberpunk. Oh shit. God, I think I can't even imagine the type of backlash if Cyberpunk were delayed now, like today. God, can you imagine? I really well, couldn't. They were like, hey, give I don't, us some I don't even think it could they be got delayed. shipped out. We want them back. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be insane. Man, the, the absolute state all, of that game on day one, though. I, want, I wonder. I mean, it has to be pretty good for reviewers, at least, but. Uh, that's one thing. A flask. Fill some time for a second. I gotta look something up. 
By the way, John. John. Yeah. I just I want to warn you, wherever that award may be in your house, the pallets worth of Doritos dust cementing that bad boy together, that's not an eternal solution. That only lasts like a year max. So that thing is going to crumble and explode into whatever area it's in and going to it's going to coat everything in a layer a fine layer of doritos oh god cheesy, right. Frank's cheesy nacho all that. goodness might need to check the news to... boston maybe uh, under attack <laughs> uh i just wanted to mention on the cyberpunk that um reviews the review embargo is lifted for cyberpunk next monday so next monday we'll finally get to see if the game is a piece of shit and it comes out Thursday. God, dude, it what comes you, out what next the Thursday. What's gonna happen when it turns out that game's gonna be bad? It won't be. I don't think it'll be. I don't think there's like any chance at all it'll be bad. I think here's 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 my you know finger to my temple prediction here. I think that the game is gonna be great. I think it's gonna be fantastic. I have very high hopes, and I think that people are gonna criticize that. Um, the combat, they're, they're going to say the combat could be better, and they're going to say that they wish that the game had a bunch of features that it's not going to have that they said it was going to be in it. And I think performance may or may not be pretty bad on Launch 2. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that's, sure. that's my yeah, well, prediction. Yeah, I'm expecting that. One out of ten. Cannot see my extendo button third person. <laughs> Seven out of ten because I only gave it six points because of the micro penis. What once got me hyped again after my hype was kind of dead from all the fucking just saturation and delays was uh, reviewers who've had basically reviewers were able to play sixteen hours of the game still so as select outlets and many or several of them were saying game is that the game is much more like Deus Ex than what you see in the trailers as like a intense first person shooter sci fi. That game. makes sense yeah. to me. That makes sense to me. What well, basically what the word the term slow burn RPG was used. It's a slower burn yeah. RPG than the marketing makes it seem. And that makes me excited. Down with that. I guess I kind of expected that, basically. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, that's what you hope for, but the trailers don't really portray that. But trailers. Oh, I guess I haven't watched really... any trailers. <laughs> yeah. so maybe that's my thing. I know right, so fellas. little about that game. Good. This is a good podcast. We were missing Vito. We we strung together. Who? We had some good times. Yeah, who? We oh. all learned a little bit about each other, about ourselves, about life, maybe. Still can't figure out how to start a fire, but it's all it's all in a day's work. I'm warmed by the company of my friends. Oh, that's why I'm warm. Yeah. I'm warmed by the potential profits that we may make together as business partners. <laughs> That'd be right, nice. That too. Don't forget to email us brokenkeeper@gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us five out of five on iTunes. Don't forget. To follow watch us on our Twitch. Twitch thing. I guess, yeah, follow our Twitch, sure. I was going to say follow us on Twitter. We really got to get that set up. 
Really good. But hey, while we don't have a broke campfire Twitter yet, I have a Twitter. Follow me at Garko93. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Click the button randomly. Where you where you not follow, follow, follow. follow like, the, last, the last time we recorded Whatever on this, it lands on follow or unfollow, that's what you have to stick with. Yeah. Oh, you said your account was banned. What? Oh. No, I said what? Did I say it was banned? Something like that. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> What happened was I got I got limited. Yeah, I got limited uh, for some fucking reason. Oh, okay. I got. You. I don't. I think. But, you uh, know. Yeah. I think we all Fine. know. And in fact, we all know so much that to end this podcast, John is going to tell us what Gray got limited for. For hailing Satan and praising Dale. That's not that bad. Good night, everybody. NASCAR humor for y'all.